Hi. Hi! I'm Chad Westbrook. And I'm Nicholas Wagoner. And are you a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race? You should be. You very much should be. Come listen and subscribe to our podcast, How Is She Though? Where we recap every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Come and get your daily dose of vitamin gay, honey. Oh, cr- oh, cr- Hey everyone, welcome to the Improv Obsession Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Perlstein. Today, Harrison Brown is on the show. But before that, we're going to do our usual business. First of all, please review the show in iTunes. I made a promise that once I get 100 reviews in iTunes, I'll release an Ian Roberts episode of Improv Obsession. Once I reach 200 reviews, a Matt Walsh episode of Improv Obsession. Can you believe that? Two awesome guests that you totally want to hear. Uh, all you got to do to get to it is review the show. Uh, a few people have already heard those episodes, uh, and they told me they loved them. And those people are the Improv Obsession heroes. Those are people who are cool enough to kick in a few bucks to help keep the show online. And we have a few new people who donated. First of all, Eric Kuska, funniest puppeteer I know. Dave Christensen, uh, past guest of the show, inspirational figure, does a hell of a twirl at the beginning of sets. Uh, Sasha Feiler, Feeler, Feiler, oh, I should know this, whatever. Side Siberian Improv Princess. Uh, Derek Shoemaker, thanks for being an Improv Obsession hero. And last but not least, uh, Thomas Schandel. I'm going to say it's Thomas Schandel. He is from Austria. What? Austria? I don't even know where that is. got to go buy a globe. Thank you so much for helping out all the way in Austria. All right, let's listen to Harrison Brown. It's the Hey everybody, welcome to the Improv Session Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Perlis, and today, special guest, Harrison Brown. Hello! Hello! How's it going, <laughs> internet world? Yeah, good. That's a, you're the, you very strongly and confidently agree to them. Nobody else does that. It's oh, great. okay. I yeah. It. I know they're out there somewhere. They're out there. Yeah, they're and, in their cars. Yeah, and they like to be talked to. Absolutely. That's why they're listening. Yeah, exactly. They, they want a very direct, we want, they want to be directly engaged. Uh, they want to be asked questions. Uh, so feel free to just, you know, Throw questions at them. Maybe they'll answer. Who knows? Sure. Who and knows? Uh, <laughs> you you probably know uh, Harrison Brown as uh, uh, one of the, the hosts of Tuesday Night Thunder and also the host of the Cage Match and also on a few uh, Herald teams uh, of, uh, of uh, kind of early in the theater. Yeah, history. yeah, yeah. Uh, other, other stuff that I may be missing? Uh, um, I was on mod teams. I used to do everything. You? Yeah, used yeah. To do it all. Yeah, I used to do it all. Now <laughs> I've, I've had to scale it back a little bit. But yeah, I've done it all. Herald teams, mod teams, indie shows. Uh, sketch cram, videos, you name it. I probably did it at one point in time. I love it. So, oh, cool. So we have we have a wealth of experience uh, to, to, to uh, steal information from today. Sure. I call it stealing information. Oh, good. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, just to get us started, because uh, I don't know this, how did, how did you get uh, started in comedy and improv? Uh, Where- well, it's a kind of a long, not that long of a story, okay, but sure. we, have, we have an hour, so we can we fill got, it in. We got time. Uh, <laughs> okay, basically, you know, I used to do improv way back in the day, in high school, actually. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it was sort of comedy sports. And then uh, I think it was my junior and senior year of high school, uh, we had this guy coach our team called Dennis Kern. Now, he actually, he was part of this, like, I grew up in Wisconsin. Yeah. And he actually uh, had worked at, uh, I think it was I.O. Chicago or Second City for a little bit. But he taught, uh, he was from this group called ARC2. 
uh, or the art group, and he's actually in the F- Chris Farley book, the yeah. Chris Farley story okay. book. But I took classes from him. He taught our school, and I was so fascinated by him. It was such a great experience. I love being on that. So I loved doing improv uh, back in high school, and then I moved out here. And I started doing, uh, I moved out here to do films and stuff like that. Sure. And when I got out of film school, I was basically working at Target. I was part of the inaugural crew at the Target up at La Brea. And, oh, my uh, God. Yeah. yeah. La Brea and Santa Monica. We could talk about Target for a while, too. Oh, yeah. I know the inner workings of that place. <laughs> I worked in shipping and receiving. Uh, but, yeah, I was working that job five days a week. And uh, I was—I had an internship on my days off, so I was working all the time. Yeah. And then I was just like, you know what? I really want to do improv. There's a whole bunch of these improv theaters around here. I always enjoyed doing it back in the day. So I ended up uh, taking classes uh, at uh, – actually, you are from this place. Are you uh, at the old Ultimate Improv oh, yeah, in Westwood? Yeah. Uh, and then I just got, like, completely addicted. And then when UCB came to town – uh, what was it, 2005, I think? Yeah. I signed up for their first round of classes and just uh, really expanded and started doing it all over the place. That's so. super cool. Yeah. Uh, wow, ultimately, I, I don't think I've known anybody who, I, I guess, than the people who I met through there, but, like, who did Ultimate. Yeah, well, it's yeah. funny because there's, like, a few of us around yeah. that, like, I performed with way back in the day and, like... Uh, Jacob Reed, he was in my first class ever yeah. over there. And Gian, <laughs> you probably know Gian, he uh, was yeah. over there. And um, Jordan Morris. I mean, there's a lot of people that I performed with yeah. that uh, are still around and I see from time to time and That's... still do shows with. So Wow, there you go. Yeah. I didn't even, I did not realize that. That's, uh, I love that. Okay, so, uh, uh, so you're doing... Uh, Short form with this guy that you're fascinated by. Yeah. In high well, school. he actually introduced. <laughs> I should have clarified. He sure. actually introduced long form improv. Oh, okay. To me, yeah, we were doing comedy sports, and then he sort of came in from this uh, long form background, and I was very fascinated by that. Yeah. So. That's oh, that's cool. I feel like I don't know too many people. I've heard too many stories of like people doing or like even having exposure really to long form. Yeah, it was weird, and I have to say, I mean, I was fascinated by it, and then I remember going to see he had a group and I went to go see them perform at some coffee house. Sure. And like <laughs> only years later do I realize what was going on in his head. But like it was I was fascinated by it, but I probably did not laugh once or twice. And it was just a <laughs> long it was just a long probably twenty, thirty minute I don't rem- it wasn't a mono scene that I I honestly don't remember the format of it, but I remember yeah. not thinking it was super funny, but definitely being like, Oh, this is much more interesting than what we sure. do. And I remember after the show him being like, Oh, sorry you had to see that show <laughs> which is like you know, years later, I understand that exact same <laughs> feeling that he must have been going through. Yeah, that's all. That's always uh, the worst after shows is like you're going like, oh, that didn't do. I didn't do a good yeah. job. Well, I, the, I, I've told several people this. The only time I get that way is when I actually care that somebody's in the audience. Like if I have a family member yeah. or somebody that you're trying to like, who's not an improviser, and yeah. you're like, yeah, come to this improv show. Sure. And then you want to like, you don't want them to have a bad show. Yeah. So even if you have like a mediocre show, you're always like, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate doing that, but it's yeah. I really, I really try to curb that feel or saying that as much as possible because it's it's entirely possible that people uh, enjoy it uh, or don't see it as that flawed as you do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, So I try I try as as much as possible to never apologize for shows unless. 
No, I, unless it's real fucking awful. Unless yeah. it, unless I do something mean on stage. We'll yeah, say. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, oh, cool. So, the, so, uh, so. Uh, what, what actually? What film school did you go to? I was curious. Uh, I actually went to the L.A. Film School right oh, cool. on Sunset, across from the yeah. Cinerama Dome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was an interesting. I mean, now it's a completely different school than when I went there, and I mean, I had a whole bunch of ups and downs to it. Yeah. But you know, I've met a lot of uh, you know one of my good friends, Justin Donaldson. I met him the first. He, I met him at film school, and I met yeah. him the first week I was in L.A. Yeah. And we're still good <laughs> friends, and I know a few other people that I'm still in contact with. That's uh, sweet. From that school there. So, you know, it's sort of like anything. It's like improv. The best you always get out of it is usually the people you meet, you know, along the way. That's, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I feel like it. Yeah, it's just the same thing for me. I went to Cal State Northridge, uh, and it was just like, yeah, I had some fun at some people. It was great, but... You know. But it was good. I mean, I uh, I I worked when I was in film school. I mean, that I was I sort of did comedies and whatnot, and uh, I worked a lot with this comedian, uh, stand-up guy Tom Clark. He's around town. He does a lot of shows. Sounds familiar. And, yeah. uh, he was from Wisconsin. I met him way back in the day, and then my thesis film was actually based on his stand-up. Like we sort of wrote it together based oh, cool. on his stand-up. So it was actually really cool. You can actually find it online. It's called El Dorco. It's broken into two parts. But uh, <laughs> it was cool. We shot thirty-five mil. Meter and uh, oh, wow. it was awesome. Big it stuff. was cool stuff. Like I still have probably 11, 12 rolls of thirty-five <laughs> millimeter developed film, and I don't know what to do with it because it's yeah. like, what do I do with this? But at the same time, it's like I can't, yeah, throw it away either. I yeah, I know the exact same thing. I have a few uh, bits of film and also like things that I shot digitally. I'm like, I can't get rid of them. Yeah. They're so important, but I'm like, I'm not yeah. going to do anything with it. Yeah, either. it's very weird. Uh, film school, <laughs> plugging it, go. Uh, I like it. So, uh, so, so you were, were you, were you like, oh, I'm doing comedy as like a career, like fairly early? Like, oh, no, a, I no? still don't think I'm doing that no? in a weird way. I, I, well, right. well, basically, when I started doing improv, it was just because like I was so busy all the time. It was like the one thing I could do to relax uh, from like the stress of working and yeah. to meet new people. Like, that was a big deal for me too like improv all of a sudden it's like you in a class and you meet like 15 new people and you're like yeah. oh my god you know <laughs> I just got 15 friends yeah exactly <laughs> and so that kind of like got me addicted I mean that but then actually doing it just made me want to do it all the time and then pretty soon it was like oh like yeah let's see where this sort of goes and yeah. my theory was just do as much as possible um which I don't know if I would completely agree with now, but yeah. uh, I was just like, I will do it all the time. And yeah. then once UCB came to town, it was like I was doing both theaters. I was at I.O. I was doing all yeah. sorts of stuff. Just everywhere you can. West Side Eclectic back in the day. That, oh, yeah. I've heard of that. That I used never... to be the West Side Comedy Theater. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I've been there, too. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I feel like I, I totally agree. Like, uh, I think there's a point when it's valuable to be doing all of it yeah. as much as possible. Uh, I think it's like specifically when you're early and like get a chance to perform because your your show quality can range so drastically that I think it's important to not like have a failure of a show for too long. Like if you can't if you only have like if you do like a bad show and then you don't get to do anything for yeah. like 
two months. Like, you just have to live with that for oh, a while. Oh, yeah. So it's, like, nice if you're doing it a lot. You're, like, you do a bad show, and then, like, hopefully that same week you'll do an okay show. Yeah. And you're, like, cool, I'm not worthless. Yeah. You well, know? that, to me, when I was starting out, that was, like, the feeling I would have. It was, like, if you had a good show, you're, like, awesome. But even yeah. if I had a bad show, I was, like, I can't wait to get back on stage yeah. to cleanse myself of that bad yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, you got it. It's, like, you're, you're yeah, redeeming yourself a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's, like, I like, know cool. I could have done. I, mean, I did better than yeah. that, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Constantly. Yeah. Still, and that was not? you know I give ultimate was great because back in the day there wasn't I mean I was getting up on stage at ultimate on a weekly basis yeah uh, without even doing you know I took and I took one or two of their classes and then got put on one of their like teams or whatever and I was doing a, a weekly show which you know at the time there wasn't as many venues to do that at so yeah. like. I, you know, right from the get-go, I was getting, like, a weekly show and kind of, you know, get my chops down. Yeah, uh, they, they definitely are, are good at providing uh, opportunities for their, yeah. their young performers, which is great. Uh, who, who, who were you learning from? I'm curious, what, at Ultimate. Oh, I wonder if I have any people. Uh, that... Well, my original workshop was done by J.D. Walsh. Sure. Uh, and then Darren Lanning, okay. he co- coached the, uh, I think it was the college team I was on. Yeah. Um, I think for the most part it was Darren that was my main, him and JD would have been the ones doing like the main workshops. Yeah. Uh, I've done stuff with both those guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I uh, still see Darren from time to time. Yeah. Nice dude. So. Love that guy. Uh, and J- I took a workshop with JD Walsh in the, in the, the iOS comedy festival. And I was, I was maybe doing improv for like six weeks uh-huh. uh, at that point. And he just like he like broke me down a little bit. Uh-huh. He just like he was like you're this and like you got to do. This. It was like oh shit. Like he was like like you're trying too hard. I don't know why. I'm like okay. Yeah, he's I'm an interesting sorry. guy. He's an interesting guy. And I yeah. don't you know it's interesting. I, I took a lot of things away from him and some things I think I discarded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's a, he's an interesting guy. I feel like uh, yeah. That, that, well, that's the thing about doing improv is at least my philosophy is like you got to take in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully, you know, hopefully take it and be able to use all of it, but be be comfortable with just being like, ah, that that's part of it is not for yeah. me. Like I'm just your your approach. I, I see it. I recognize it. Maybe that's not yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, but I will say too, like he did a great job, and Ultimate in general did a great job of like bringing an air of confidence and being comfortable on stage and like just going for it. That I yeah. think for a long time definitely carries with me. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's they're they they do this thing. Yeah, that's they're still very core core in their philosophy of just like almost make it look like magic. Like how could they possibly do it? He doesn't want to see you don't want to see thinking. You don't want to see people trying to come up mm-hmm. with ideas. It just happens, and it's all mm-hmm. it's all hundred percent confidence and showmanship. And you're like ah, I like that. Yeah, because. Like, uh, because, you know, I like UCB, but I don't think I've ever had that 100% like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, reinforce or really like had that like, all right, you guys are do a scene, do a scene right now. Right. Like you're, you know, uh, which is a great lesson because, you know, sure. You've, you've seen indie shows. Like it's oh, always absolutely. weird when somebody doesn't edit and then they, they yeah. it's like 10 seconds of yeah. silence. Yeah. It's like, all right. It's like anything too. It's like confidence. Yeah. You know, it's just like sometimes that confidence, you know, all right, we're going to edit. We're going to start a new scene. I don't care what I'm going to start with. I got to yeah. just go with it. And that was a valuable lesson from them for sure totally agree um so uh so you're doing stuff there 
you're doing stuff at IO, uh, and, and UCB comes to town. How did you? How did you? Fi- did you just like cool another improv place? I'm ho- I'll hop in the class. I mean, what I was definitely it? knew UCB from their show. Okay, um, like I, I'd watched their show on Comedy Central. I wasn't like a mega fan of it, but I definitely had seen the show, knew who they were, and I knew they had a theater in New York. And then I don't even remember how specifically I knew I wanted to take a class someplace else yeah. at the time. And then somebody's like, "Oh, UCB's coming! Like they're going to open up a theater." And like part of it too, like this is the whole reason why I ended up at Ultimate too was it was cheaper than the other one. Yeah. You know, I believe it was like you know it was just a little bit cheaper, and I was so broke that to like pay for a class was like I mean those are not cheap classes ever no, and ultimate no. was super cheap like I think I did a workshop there for like a hundred hundred and fifty dollars back in the day yeah I still think their their classes are maybe 150 200 now yeah and then I and UCB when they came to town were su- I mean a lot cheaper than they were now yeah um, and so I think that was part of it and I thought it would be cool to like s- learn from new people and whatnot yeah. so yeah I was just on board from the, the from the beginning I love it uh, and did you did you just do you go through the whole like what 401 or yeah let's see i'm trying to no, that's uh yeah i did uh, level one uh and then went all the way through uh through level four and at the time after i finished level four there wasn't like a level five or the advanced yeah. or anything so i took level four again from owen burke who was like one of my all-time still is probably my favorite teacher that i i mean i liked all my teachers but he particularly as a performer and a teacher i just learned so much from so it was like a pleasure to have him like two or three classes i don't know i don't know too much about owen burke but i I hear that fairly regularly from like what what about him is like the thing that you enjoyed learning or like yeah i mean there's a lot of things i take away from him but particularly i think i he influences how i play now and have always played since i had him which is like a you know show and have fun with it but keep it Simple, You know, these very things and a very he broke down game in such an easy way. And, you know, once he starts talking about it, you can just see how much fun he has when he's playing game and how he's doing his scenes. And they're just so easy. I mean, if you go to a Facebook show Mm -hmm. and I mean, all those guys improvise sort of very similar to each other. But Owen particularly, I mean, he just loves every minute of it. And he's always trying to make the smartest move possible. And he always does. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about him breaking it down and making it simple that was just really good. Yeah. That, that, that is refreshing a little bit. I think, you know, I, I see I, start, I started with doing UCB classes and I feel like uh, – there, it is like refreshing when you're like you have a teacher to kind of go like oh have fun with the games mm-hmm. like that's the thing you can you can bring a lot of mm-hmm. fun into it and you're like I can I mm-hmm. thought I was just like solving a math problem right, or whatever absolutely. you get so entrenched in trying to do it right that it just feels awful and they're like mm-hmm. no have fun with it and you're like I can't yes this is great mm-hmm. and, it, it, and you're important Performance improves a lot, too, when you start bringing that. Uh, And he was a tough teacher. I mean, he gave tough notes to people and whatnot. But it's also like when you're at level four, it's like people make some mistakes and it's just like, ah, you know. And so he will harp on you. But, like, at the same time, he really gets you to the place you need to be. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there, there, uh, there is a point. Yeah, right around right around four oh one, maybe right after that you just need people to like just start being like, No, 
That's yeah. you know you need here, here's here's some bullshit that you're doing. Yeah, uh, I had I had Colton Dunn as like my first oh, uh, indie coach, and yeah, he was just like he was like, no, that's not yeah. right. And you're like, oh, cool. Like, well, you know, Colton. Good to know. I remember having Colton. He actually this is sort of ties into what we were talking about. I remember having him as a coach. We hired him as a coach. Like this is before there were tons of practice groups. But yeah. I remember a whole bunch of us who were from Ultimate who were taking classes at UCB. We just got together for like once once or twice and we had Colton coach us yeah. and I remember specifically doing a beat the hell out of the game as a warm up with him and he would jump in and do it and like that being a point of clicking in like I yeah. think Colton is so on point and I still like man he can jump into a jam or anything like that and find that game that like I'm just like I didn't even think about it that yeah. way I'm yeah. just like oh so easy yeah yeah, it's uh, God. I like it. Love great people. Why not? Absolutely. Right? That's what it, that's what it all comes down to. Um, and then and then how about auditioning for Herald teams? Because uh, at that point, it's it's not exactly like it was now. But there yeah. were still auditions. Was it invite? Yeah, yeah. It was an invite audition. I actually, uh, I mean, uh, auditioning is like the worst thing ever. I yeah. mean, nobody's going to tell you, oh, it was a great experience. But like, <laughs> uh, I vividly remember my Herald, my very first Herald audition. Like, I did my scene with Ron. Babcock like I can actually remember uh, the scene or where it took place and stuff like that but yeah we just it was an invite only um, and then you go and you do the thing and then you wait for this email and uh, it was I mean it was not a fun weekend but yeah um, it is what it is you know but yeah. uh, you know I felt pretty good going into it and we had some rehearsals and uh, with the group that we were going in with so uh, yeah, but it's just one of those things. It's just like you can you can only prepare so much for one of those things. Right. Like, you can't yep. do anything different than you. You either have it or you don't. Yeah. That, that, it's funny. The, the the weeks before it gets announced that people are like, I'm going to become good at improv in yeah. these three weeks. Yeah. Like, eh, well, no. back in the day, you know, now it's like, did you get a callback? Did you get a callback? It yeah. becomes this huge thing. But back in the day, it was like, did you get an invite and all this stuff? And yeah. did you get an invite? Like, I remember even before I got my invite, there was an audition round. I was like, oh, man, I didn't get an invite. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's oh that constant thing of <laughs> is always there because oh, everybody wants to, you know, be a part of a team yeah well you did but you did end up on a team i, mm-hmm. I forgot I, was it what was the name uh, of it? mcguffin was the Mc, first team MacGuffin, yeah, that yeah. i was on which uh was around for quite a while and then we got broken up uh we did some good shows though. i like that group a lot and then we got broken up and uh what team was i on? i was on a very short-lived team called perfect crime yeah there were two teams and then after about a month and a half, they reshuffled these two teams. They didn't cut anybody, yeah, yeah. but they shuffled the two teams. Okay. Um, and then from there, I was on a team called Panama, which okay. was the team I was on. I don't know how long, like maybe a year or two we were on that team or so. Yeah. But yeah. So, so uh, like when and – then, and then like getting on to MacGuffin, the first team that's been around for a while, had some good shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what – like uh, – it feels like that's a transfer, a little bit of a transformative process. So, mm-hmm. like, was that did that like were you like, oh, this is different? Like, did it, things like change for you a little bit? Were yeah, you, like, I mean, I definitely was in my head. All I felt like all of a sudden there was this pressure. Yeah, you know, to do good shows, you got people there like watching you and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, so there was definitely like this pressure of like you got to like lead up to something. But being on a Herald team is definitely always fun. Yeah, I had some good times, but it also, um, you know, I felt like we always. We're, even if we had a good show, we'd still feel like we struggled, you know, or yeah. something like that. And sometimes it's hard. I felt like it was always hard to get eight people. I mean, you probably experienced this too. It's like to get eight people at a practice and kind of get on the same page all yeah. the time is like it's constant work. Yeah. You know, as a team. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we did some good shows. 
That's cool. So, uh, did you do you feel like you learned anything in the process of like doing Harold Night where you're like, uh, I mean, besides, besides hopefully. Hopefully something besides being stuck in your head the whole time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I wasn't in my head the whole time. And, I mean, the best shows are when you just start to have fun. Yeah. You know? And I I know I've sort of said that, but that really is. It's just like, what was that simple thing? Yeah. And, like, I feel like for all my teams, the one thing we probably struggled with was our opening for some reason. It was always like, oh, we need to change our opening. It's like, oh, no, no, we're fine. Yeah. But, um, like, I remember even with MacGuffin, I don't know if anybody's been doing this lately, but we did, like, the... um, uh, musical hotspot for a while, which I thought really? was really fun. Oh, yeah. that's cool. I don't think anybody, I think I might have been the only one, including the audience that enjoyed Like, I don't think the audience enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it. But, like, it was always like, oh, trying to always find, like, an opening that, like, worked for us was always a constant struggle in the yeah. groups I was in. Yeah, that, that does, there's, like, yeah, that's all. I feel like every team that I have is like, ah, opening this, opening. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like this one. I don't like. Yeah, and I and, and I, I, I love doing heralds. I think heralds are really fun. But yeah. I've also, you know, it's interesting because I feel like my best memories are on other improv teams too. Like, yeah. it's just it's sort of like people always put so much pressure on being a herald team, yeah. and it's like you know. You be, not being on a herald team is not the worst thing yeah. in the world, you know. Yeah, some. So, I don't remember who I had this conversation with. Uh, so whoever this was, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna lift. <laughs> I'm gonna lift our conversation. But yeah, I was just like, you know, maybe maybe herald teams aren't for everybody. Yeah. In that, like, one, there's a pressure to it. Two, it's a specific performance style. And, and three, yeah, like there is a, you know, like there is a just fun and like doing your own thing and mm-hmm. like being able to be in control of it and mm-hmm. not being so stressed on all of the stuff and it's like also too i mean you end up you're always going to end up becoming friends with people on your team if you don't know them ahead of time but yeah it is a team that's put together yeah by forces and reasons you will never know why yeah whereas like when you do other teams it's just like hey let's do it's a much more like yeah let's do this thing it's a lot more of a a a friend type thing and sometimes on a herald team that works amazingly well you know you see some of these teams that go on to be great and then other teams you know like they do okay but we got to change it up a little bit you know yeah there's a there's the forced chemistry involved too it's just and uh and it's and yeah a lot some teams can be very friendly but there is that thing of like just going like i believe you guys will be good together be good together yeah you're like okay yeah 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 we'll try yeah yeah that's interesting uh and then uh and then so like actually by by what i think i understand the timeline being you got on a herald team and then a few months later tnt started is that right uh, i think so i don't know honestly i don't know what came first yeah that probably makes sense to me though i probably got on a herald team and then probably about six months later yeah is when tnt started i know yeah. like the months that both of those started january but, and august yeah or yeah. july first weekend in july i believe is when tnt started okay. oh yeah that's yeah. right yeah I we have that. weird anniversaries now uh, actually so. yeah it was july 17th it's my birthday i know oh, okay. that one yeah I guess uh, so. at least that's what i found on at one point that could be completely i have i'd else. have to look at yeah. emails could but be yeah. um, so, uh, so what? What was the uh, impetus for TNT? Well, you like know, where- the TNT all came out of me and uh, Jonathan Smith. Mm-hmm. We were on a team called Vile Henchmen. It was the two of us plus uh, Jordan Morris, okay. who I knew from Ultimate, and we went on a long run at uh, the I.O. cage match back in the day. Yeah. And, you know, I really credit that for giving me another weekly slot where, like, you kind of... You improve your chops. And, like, I even remember after... We won, like... 
we we won 20 and then retired. But I remember after seven wins sitting down with – we'd always go get pizza. I don't even know if that pizza place is there anymore. But we'd get pizza, like, at 1 in the morning yeah. after the show. And I remember, like, after week seven kind of sitting down with him and being like, all right, I think we actually – I think I kind of get this now. Like, yeah. it was kind of one of those things I started to get confident about it. But it was also having that weekly stage. Yeah. And back in the day, there were not a lot of improv shows. Like, UCB sort of had their set schedules, like sort of what it does now. And then I.O., um, they had shows, but, it, it, you know, it honestly doesn't – I don't think they had the loft running back in the day. Yeah. So there would be stuff back at the Del Close Theater, which was the Andy Dick yeah. box back in the day. But um, there wasn't a lot of places, particularly for people coming up through the UCB program – to perform at so that's where it was just like there's a need for this you yeah. know and so we just started booking it and uh it took a while to catch on like i was booking it's funny now because i could get basically the same amount of teams up every month yeah um and that just doesn't happen anymore yeah yeah that's uh that's it. and you so you guys were basically like the, the first indie yeah thing i think and, we were around for about a year and then crash bar came yeah. and then after that was room 101 and whatnot yeah so we sort of yeah we were sort of the first sort of indie show around town so. that yeah I, that that was the first uh, i think that was the first indie show that i was i went out to i drive out to yeah NoHo yeah for hang out i remember that and we um, were before we were in NoHo, we were right up sunset and sarah bonita uh, we were there for like two, three years, right by yeah. Sunset and Gardner, and that was like the original spot, and that was sort of like it was a sh- crap hole of a theater. Can yeah. I say shithole? Yeah, of course. Okay, you can. it was you a shithole. Okay, <laughs> uh, it was a shithole of a place. I mean, we'd have cockroaches going by, oh, no. and it was awful, but it was also great too. Yeah. Like it, it really was a great hangout spot. Yeah, you know, people would just come and hang out, and it was the only jam in town other than the UCB jam I think for a while right uh, so people would just come out so good times back at that old stage for yeah. sure uh, yeah and uh, God, you know thank God for Indie Nights and th- for you for starting yeah. it but also that's grown so big because yeah like when I was starting yeah there was you know you do you do a class uh, you know on Saturday and you just you have to you just think about improv or like yeah. for, for, for weeks and uh, it's not quite the same it's great to see uh, more seasoned performers on mm-hmm. like Harold Knight or whatever and all the other shows during the week but it is it is nice to see somebody who's like learning a little bit because I think you can take something like in in people's struggles or people's like success like minor successes and going like oh cool there's mm-hmm. that little tiny thing that mm-hmm. happened and then also just getting to, to jam and meet people at yeah. a, a remotely same level to yeah, you yeah. thank fucking god for that yeah because it's so hard absolutely <laughs> yeah and it was great to see people like really improve their chops at tnt you yeah. know because i mean people still do it now at indie shows but i see it less but at tnt when they were there like um marissa pinson and josh simpson they would perform there and that's right before they were, like got yeah. on a herald team and it was like so awesome to see them improve you know week to week and yeah. whatnot and you still see that today but like yeah. back then i physically saw it more yeah 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 because i just saw them every week well yeah and, that, and that's the thing too now is like there's there's a couple of indie shows now every night of the mm-hmm. week, so it's like it's much more right. like, fractured. But it's also really good too. This happened the other night at TNT where I hadn't seen somebody perform in a really long time, mm-hmm. um, and then I saw him perform, and I was like, man, like because I coached him like a year ago, yeah, and he was doing the jam, and I was like, man, I can't believe how much he's improved over the past year. Yeah. Like I was really like happy and proud of him. Yeah, it's like man, he's really come. A long way, and sometimes it's just a small tinkering to make that leap. But yeah. it is really cool to see people improve. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. I, I, I didn't even think about that. Because, yeah, you guys yeah you guys get to watch people come back and, like, oh, wow, look at this. Yeah, These yeah. guys are real good now. Yeah. Uh, that's super cool. Um, and then, uh, and, well, I don't know. I don't make sure we cover anything else on TNT. I don't know. Whatever. TNT's yeah. cool. Yeah. Check it's it out. It's fun. That's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want. I will say real quick, yes. I, I like the indie scene. It's just amazing to see what the indie scene is like these days, you yeah. know, because it was, it was one, two, and then it was three theaters. And now it's almost like there's too many shows. Like there's yeah. so many shows every night of the week and it's a great, it's a great thing, you know, because yeah. people can get up. I feel like sometimes it's like people go up three, four times a week and I'm yeah. like, oh, good Lord. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And a good, in a good week I can, I can, I can do like three or four and it's like, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I love and it. like, I don't think I've been to a show that's been empty either as far as audience. Like, yeah. The audience are usually, there's a usually good audience there. And yeah. Whatnot, there's so. usually always a few people at, at everything, which is nice. Uh, uh, in in general, the the community is very supportive, and like yeah. teams will stay and watch each other, yeah, which is yeah. great. Like keep that, always keep that going, yeah, everybody. Because yeah, yeah. uh, basic, we all know we're basically just performing for each other, so we have to keep that tradition yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, but it, yeah, there there is this like. Uh, it's very it's very impacted of uh, indie night shows. Like I remember, I remember before before the clubhouse. I remember going like I don't even know where you'd book a show. I don't mm-hmm. even know if like you wanted to do another show. I don't know where mm-hmm. you could do one now. And then uh, the clubhouse opens yeah. and it doubled. Oh, yeah. the number of shows just doubled. It, it overnight. was funny. It was like the clubhouse opened and you know the shows that went there moved there. And then yeah. it was almost like all right, well let's start another show every night of the week. Like yeah. it was amazing. It felt like in a, a month all of a sudden yeah. it was like. Two shows a night at the yeah. clubhouse and someplace else. It's true. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. You can you can you can get very busy in your indie improv uh, yes. these days, which is good. Um, and then, uh, and then, how about cage match? Because uh, I know I you host that now. I know you haven't always hosted that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when did when did you start with that? Um, I started, which would have been January of oh. Eight oh nine, one of those. I'm coming up on five full years. I think I've done it four and a half yeah. years now. So uh, I'm coming up on the five years. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, w- before me, Will McLaughlin hosted it for a long time. Yeah, and uh, before him, like Thomas Fowler, I think was he hosted it for very short, and then yeah. Will took over. And I don't remember how long Will did it for, but yeah. then uh, yeah, he left, and uh, Neil, who was the AD at the time, asked if I wanted to take over, and I was like, absolutely, like, yeah. Because I have that old cage match past of, like, we did that I.O. cage match. And I've always loved... The, the cage match is just exciting. Yeah. You know? So I always enjoyed it. And, you know, I give a lot of credit to Will and um, uh, Convoy, too. Because, like, prior to that, like, the cage match, I mean, it was... It wasn't sold out every week, you yeah. know? And then there sort of became an excitement about that. So I definitely inherited a decently, uh, like, a, a full operating show at that time. It wasn't completely yeah. starting from scratch, either. Yeah. But then I, you know, I took it over and I definitely, you know, made it a little bit more my own and changed it up a little bit. So. Wait, you tell me, Will McLaughlin didn't do uh, long cartwheels, <laughs> drum solos, <laughs> high fiving. Um, you telling me he didn't do that? Uh, That's dumb. No, no, no. <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad he's not yeah. doing it anymore. Yeah, I'll just say, screw Will McLaughlin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the surprising thing is, when I started out, I did so much. I did so much crazier stuff when I first started out because I really was like, I'm gonna like. 
I'm going to make this thing my own and I want to do bits in it. So like the first like couple months I did it, like I remember one time during the hop for teacher thing, I came out Mm -hmm. and then I just brought like a whole weight set out and just did weights throughout the rest of the song. And usually what would happen (laughs) would I would just sit in silence except for back in the wings everybody who knew me was laughing i was like well this isn't necessarily good and but like yeah i used to just like do i used to do much more weird stuff i remember one time i did a bit where i'd auctioned off it was like we put a couch out in the front and then i had mike mitchell and mike hanford come out as these people who'd won like this radio contest and like (laughs) and i was like all right none of these bits are going very well uh (laughs) so i just narrowed it down to talking a lot that's good yeah Yeah. narrowed it down to talking uh, all the time that's great uh I love. I, I do love. Uh, I think. I personally, I've gone through two uh, phases of. No, three. There's three. I think there's for me three phases of dealing with Harrison Brown and K. Because uh-huh. yes, I'll say the point. Because I was like, I was like, oh, this is fun. And then after like seeing it three times, I'm like, ah, oh, stop it. Like, can you start the show? This is exhausting for you and everyone. And then now, like more more recently, after get after that for a little bit, I'm like, this is great because you amp the audience up like no other. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's the, it's this thing that I'm very genuinely like, thank God that they are by the time the show starts, just flipping out, ready yeah. for improv. Like that's yeah. you know if you. Have the, the, it's a good it's a good size audience, but it's a good size audience that is excited and ready to yeah. laugh, which makes it so much easier. Yeah, and yeah. you know that's always a balance too. It's like, do I go on too long? And you know, I've always thought about even changing the song up and doing something different at the t- at the top. And yeah. Whenever I even float that idea across somebody else, they go, "Don't do that." <laughs> like, what do you think? Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is sort of a constant struggle. But you know, my whole thing is nobody's there to see me do that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm there to get them ready to see the main event and so it's all about getting them excited sometimes i probably get a little too self-indulgent in it but um you know i think that whole bit that i do at the top is to get people excited and ready to go and like ellen and introduce this element of play like this is gonna be a silly show and yeah. a fun show and a show like none other yeah you know like there's an intensity to it and like I've always said this too I think like it's funny me saying this I think competitive improv is like sort of a, it's like we shouldn't have to judge which show is better than the other show because like <laughs> improv is you know it's good and it's hard to be like yes this show is better than the other show yeah. but at the same time I also love cage match for that same element because it brings in a storyline to it a little bit and it yeah. makes you want to root for people the 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 yeah there's something it's very it's very accessible of it's type of improv mm-hmm. just go of like of being the judge it's be every everybody likes to cast judgment or whatever and that it's a very it's almost very accessible just to go like cool you you get to watch these things and decide yeah. what you liked better yeah uh, as opposed to like going to a herald and if you see some kind of funky opening and you're like what are they fucking doing yeah it's this it's just like which do you like better that's all yeah. that there is it's all you yeah. have to understand yeah uh, which is great I do I, so I, so I, I appreciate cage match for that and that it brings in people but yeah I, I do I do like. I think that at, a, at, a, at its core, it's a little weird because you're going, yeah, like you're you're pitting things that are improv, which can be very different from each other. Shows right. that are very different from each other, and just being like, well, one of you will have feel more self worth at the end right. of this. 
It's and weird. automatically when you put it into that arena, somebody has an opinion, whether it's based on improv or based on... It's like when I interview people before the show for the mm-hmm. videos, it's like most people who I can at least get to talk or who will talk, which is most people, yeah. they all have some type of theory on it. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, this is a veteran team, like they've got... Or this team has the momentum. Right. But everybody gets into it, you know, and that's sort of part of it too. If I start talking to people, they kind of work themselves into being excited about it too. Yeah. Like there's this element where they start thinking about it, so... It, it's funny that element really brings people I think back to the show and yeah really to it. Uh, pe- people love uh, that like yeah that is that I didn't, I, I didn't even think of that that's true because everybody does have like this opinion going in like uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it out and it's not I don't know it's weird because it's not sort of like it's not like sports when it's like there are like stats and clear things that mm-hmm. can indicate it's just like it's all very it's all very much in the gut but these people are like yeah they, oh you got a few teachers on this team yeah. like i don't know and yeah it's and weird it's so subjective like yeah. when you it's it's so interesting to me when a team wins and loses you know a championship or if they've gone on a run they lose how much people end up caring like it's a good thing, but it's also like, oh, man, it's just improv, guys. Yeah. You know, but people really get invested in it. You know, if you look at that, Heather, people were so upset when Heather and Miles lost. Yeah. It's uh, like they had a great run. People people were, uh, yeah, way too upset about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, like, the, the, the shit that people were saying and then the, people, the, the encounter, like... Uh, they lost. They lost to Murder Cliff. Uh, for people who don't know, and that's a great, great indie yeah. team. I love those guys. I love every single one. So they do a hell of a show. But like, I remember hearing people going like, "The other team, they you know, Murder Cliff bought all the tickets. That's the only oh, one they yeah. could possibly won." And like, Mur- I heard Murder Cliff had a terrible show, and they were just dumb and stupid. And like, well. Uh, I don't. Were you there? Like, no, but I heard. I'm like, well, I think you're probably wrong because yeah. Murder Cliff's good. Yeah, and I, it, <laughs> it just comes down being to, to being completely subjective. Because yeah. I mean, I talked to I, I, you know, I talked to a lot of people after the show and prior, and you know, the people Murder Cliff had a great show that night, yeah. and uh, they did not have a bad show. They whatsoever. consistently have great shows, absolutely. Like, not, but it was just, I mean, people. It's just so subjective because the yeah. people who wanted Heather Miles win were like they had a terrible show. You know yeah. that's what they'd say about Murder Cliff. Yeah, and other people would be like, "No, I really enjoyed Murder Cliff's show. Yeah. I wanted to vote for him." You know, and it's amazing how invested people get, and it yeah. happens all the time when you get a team that gets a long run. Yeah, people going. they get well, and they get like this fo- a following too that like yeah. it's almost like a it's sort of it's sort the it sort of starts to fuel itself a little bit right. the wins because like. Oh, you get a following. I'm going to go out to see Heather Miles again, again, right. again. Uh, and like, I like, I like Heather. I like Miles. I like that team. Mm-hmm. But there were a few, I saw a few of them. I'm like, nah, they lost. Yeah. Like, they're, yeah. they're they're great, but they lost. And it's it's also funny to me when you have a team that goes on this long run. The audience never remembers that prior team. Like, this is just a cycle that happens. Yeah, you know, people get into that team that's winning. But you know, as Heather and Miles were winning, if I said, oh, shitty jobs went on a long run, nobody yeah. would even remember that. Yeah, you know. So, but they had shitty that same jobs. thing happen. Skinny you business. Know? Yeah, fun those, town. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Funtown had a long one. I forgot about they, that. They, well, they won, and then they were beaten by Dirkus and Fernie. And then oh, yeah, Dirkus, Dirkus and Fernie. They went for that long run, and then Funtown, Funtown came beat back. them. Yeah. yeah, and then we ended up with Heather and Miles for yeah. that run. That's so. That's crazy. But I actually, like, I love where Cage Match is at the moment, which is, is, like, we've been flip-flopping champions lately. Yeah. And I love that, because it makes it, like... Having somebody go on a long run is always fun. It's fun to watch. But yeah. I love this idea of cage match being this obtainable thing that yeah. anybody on a good night can win that title. Yeah. 
And uh, I just love that. It's just yeah. like you never know. You know, uh, DLA Sheriff's the champions right now. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And they're doing great shows. They're two wins up. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's just that feeling of I don't know what's going to happen, you know, at the next cage match. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, my, my team, Six Martin, won a couple. I don't even know how many weeks ago now. Uh, and that was the most exciting thing possible. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, we all, we all legitimately freaked out a little bit. We yeah. won! Ah! Yeah, yeah. Uh, and... Uh, it does, it is it for for somebody who is very much is of the, the mind like oh we shouldn't we shouldn't be competing each other I was like yes we yes yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely exciting yeah you know uh, and it, and it is cool to like because uh, it was we private street and they like they were at five or something like oh they're mm-hmm. starting to go on around they're starting to be mm-hmm. a thing we're like oh we did it we stopped mm-hmm. it and they were like maybe we'll get it. like no mm-hmm. we didn't get around yeah. at all but and you know fun. that's one thing I want cage match to be I want it to be a thing that anybody can win yeah. anybody can step in and have a good show that night I want that to be the case yeah. Um, uh, and I always want the, you know, one thing I feel is true at that cage match is for the most part, whoever has the best show that night generally wins. I don't think anybody has ever had an, a terrible show yeah. and were completely outplayed and won. I feel like in general, the best team always wins. Yeah. You know, I'm sure somebody could point out a few matches and then it's just subjective at that yeah. point, you know? Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. Uh, that does happen at other cage matches, you know. It's like whoever brings that bigger audience, it's like, yeah, this team that did bring 80 people compared to the five people. Yeah. But I think that's one thing I wanted to do is build the show so that you're coming to see cage match. Yeah. You're not coming to see me. You're not even coming to see the champions or the challengers. It's like, I don't need to know who's playing. I just want to see cage match. That's sort of my goal with that show. Yeah. And, that w- and I think if that's my goal with that show, then anybody can win that show. Yeah. You know, any week, whoever's better show is going to win. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I, I've, uh, I think I've heard this before, and maybe it was Johnny. It was like, yeah, if you get like a few teachers, you can maybe swing like a few votes one way towards mm-hmm. them, or uh, you know. But like, yeah, ultimately people do vote for whatever is the better show. And like, I've uh, I've been to cage matches with friends and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll vote for you guys. But like, at, at a certain point, I feel like this weird thing of like, oh, I'd rather just vote for the show that I like yeah. more, uh, which is again like at the core of it, like that's what it's supposed to be so mm-hmm. like you do it and it's great um, I love that and then also too like it is cool to like I I sort of love that Heather and Miles went down to Murder Cliff an indie team with mm-hmm. only a couple of Herald mm-hmm. people you know like it's like it's like these like titans of improv have been sure. doing it for a hundred years combined yeah. or whatever and then it's like these guys who had a good show and yeah. had their night you know like that's great well one thing that like Cage match always surprises me, mm-hmm. and this is a, a general statement, but I always, uh, when it comes to an indie team or a student team, whenever they play cage match, they always surprise me when they perform. Like, sometimes when I book people, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm kind of suge- subjective when I, when I book. It's not necessarily first come, first serve. Yeah. Um, and I want these teams who are a student team to have this opportunity, and sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, are they going to, you know, will they kind of step up? And every single time, these teams teams always step up and whether they they lose or win that match they always have a great show the shows that always kind of disappoint me believe it or not are these teams that like have old veterans on them yeah but they aren't like it might just be like hey i want to do this show with so and so and so they're going up on stage and doing it as a unit for the first time and uh you know those are the ones where they don't move as smoothly sometimes yeah student teams that like Every single time they come up and knock it out of the park, usually. Yeah, you know, it's that. Well, it's that thing too of like, you know, the the indie scene. As much as I love it, it's not the same as having a full audience like a oh, UCB. Because yeah. uh, 
you know, I, I the other, the other last week I did a show for uh, six people, and it was mm-hmm. like you know, we and we had a great show. I was very mm-hmm. very proud of that show. But it's that thing of like, it's not quite the same when you no. have an audience full of people who will laugh yeah. immediately. The thing you're like, cool, mm-hmm. I got laser focused on Absolutely. that. There's no way I could ignore yeah. what's funny now. You and know? the other thing that's like great about Cage Match at the moment is it's really the only improv show at UCB that any team can get up, yeah. you know? And that's sort of something that I want. Like, e- even Heather and Miles, it was like, where do you get to see these people? You know, right. it's like people who perform at UCB regularly have, you know, a Herald team or some base show there. Right. And at Cage Match, it's like people can get up in any combination or a student team gets that chance. You know, they used to have Let's Do This and a few other shows where they could get up. Yeah. But Cage Match is the only show that most student teams get that opportunity to go up there yeah. and have an energized crowd of about 100 people. With and they get the other thing too about indie shows is sort of go back to what we've been talking about. It's like you are performing for those small audiences, and yeah. sometimes you forget. Like even if they're laughing, you kind of forget. Like oh yeah, this is really funny. Yeah, and then you get in front of an audience of a hundred people, and you're doing these little things. Yeah, that just automatically hit with an audience, and you. It's just like when you're dealing with six people watching your show who are other improvisers, you don't necessarily get all those big laughs. Yeah, but at Cage Match, it's a mix. You have improvisers in the audience, and there's a lot of people who are not improvisers yeah. you know maybe take a class but i think there's people who come that aren't yeah don't really no, have affiliation no affiliation with it. yeah which is again like a, something that makes it special and the thing too is like doing indie nights it's a lot of time if you're if you uh, uh, you know the audience is made up of performers i feel like there is a little bit of uh not attention to the shows that are happening just because it's like you're either thinking a little bit about your show that you're about to do like uh-huh. what are we doing or you know like what what are we doing an opening this time yeah, okay, yeah we're not yeah. going to and then also like and I'm guilty of this too like you'll come off of doing a set and just being like what was I doing during that? Like, what was that move that I made? <laughs> and then there, there'll be a show right in front of you. But like, yeah, cage match. There's nothing else but this show. And you know, again, you have like this, like this built-in narrative to it that it's just like you here. These are you get to focus. You get to decide who's better. Yeah. Uh, and that's and that's super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, do I'm gonna quick couple of things. Does the timeout ever work? Uh, not anymore. Yeah. Uh, I love the timeout, you yeah. know, and, uh, I think it's been, it's one of those things now that people don't use it enough. I've never that, seen anybody yeah, use it. And, and the problem is it, the problem with it is now if somebody uses it, the audience is so unaware yeah. of what is going on that they aren't in on the bit. I think when the, the cage match at UCB first started, people used it a lot. You yeah. know, um, Vile Henchman, we did a UCB cage match, and I, I like, I love this timeout. And what we did, this was back when we used to do it, we, we did a timeout, and then we just went girls' slumber party, and then what we did was we laid down, we faced the audience. And we had, like, popcorn. You know, we, like, sort of ate. And then we had on the screen, we just had gay porn showing towards the audience. (laughs) And it just was, like, this thing where, like, the audience wasn't sure what was going on and then just found it hilarious, you know? And (laughs) an option? Oh, my God. Yeah, like, we did. that was a very planned thing. Nowadays, I go backstage and I'll hear people go, like, should we use a timeout? No. You know, so there's no planning behind it. And even, like... It was just used a lot more back in the day. Now yeah. it's like it never gets used, but it's still been part of the rules. So I still go through yeah, it. Through it yeah. yeah, no, but very rarely. It's been used maybe once or twice in the last year or so. Yeah, um, but it really—I mean. 
particularly like any team that's the championship team, they're usually so fluid and can go scene to scene to scene yeah. that as a challenger, it tends to work, I think, against you because you have this momentum yeah. and then you stop it. And you go, all right, we're going to do this thing. And now we've got to re-get in and try to not miss a beat with that audience. Yeah, that's tough. So it's just tough. So people don't use it as much as I would love them to. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Uh, if only they can do some kind of bit where they bring a couch on and then yeah. there are people who, like, want a couch. And, yeah. Like, exactly. if only they were doing that. Exactly. Or they brought weights in. Weights and just yep. did, like, 30 seconds of that to silence. Like, that would be cool. Yep. Oh, hit that oh, red boy. button again. So sorry. Did it? Thank you. There we go. I <laughs> uh, don't know why that's going again. Uh, uh, and then, uh, Also, I had another quick question about Cage Match that's super dumb, but I wanted to ask. Oh, do you, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's not, it sounds like you think that the, 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 the better team generally wins. Yeah. 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 Uh, have you and, you, and you don't, and yeah, and you said that you don't think that there's any bit. Was there any, has there ever been like an upset that you were just like, this makes, like, Heather, Heather, the Heather and Miles one was insane. Uh, that was a big one. But like, were there any others uh, that you remember that were like that? Or I really big? don't remember any of them. No. Uh, Johnny would probably recall <laughs> you, them better you just, than you I just would. just throw them away. That's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> uh, no, well, you know, it happens so rarely and I remember, you know, I feel like there probably was one or two where I'm like, but part of it too is my own thing where it's yeah. like, well, I would have voted for this team, but yeah. then it's it's also at the same time, it's not to say that yeah. that team actually did have the better show. Because yeah. sometimes too with me, it's like, well, I enjoyed the show better, but it's much more of my enjoyment of improv or they played certain things that right. I really like. Yeah. And I mean, even if you watch me during cage match, I laugh at really bizarre things sometimes. You That's, know? True. That's true. It's true. <laughs> Silly uh, so you know, yeah. I, I can't yes. think of anything off the top of my head. No. But, ah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Uh, caring very much that the smokes lost to shitty jobs in the cage match. I was like, I can't believe this just happened. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what improv is anymore. Uh, but it, but again, the, and that's one of those things too. You're like you talk about doing the the different you know different types of improv and trying mm-hmm. to quantify it. They did like a mono scene. A shitty jobs did mm-hmm. the insane thing that they do, which is great. Right. But I was just like, well, that mono scene is so good though. How can we? Right. Not? It's like it's not the same. They want right. you know the audience you know or that audience that night wanted like a right. fast show. And usually uh, that's what I tell team in general. It's like a thing where I talk about where it's like, well, if the champions doing a mono scene, I wouldn't necessarily do a mono scene against them because they're doing so well at it. That yeah, it's like you've got to be above and beyond better than them at that. Yeah. Whereas if you do another form, you still have to be good, but it's, it, it does become more of this like yeah subjective thing. I totally yeah I totally agree. I feel like you kind of don't. I mean, I guess going montage to montage or whatever. That's mm-hmm. it's hard. It's not like a clear advantage or disadvantage. But uh, yeah, if you, you like, you wouldn't want to do the same form as mm-hmm. another team because yeah, it's 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 so. Ho- hopefully, you can beat them, or you have mm-hmm. to totally beat them. Whereas yeah, you pull out a uh, a fast montage mm-hmm. that like blows away a monster, and it's great. And yeah. the audience puts all of that in perspective too like people when i've interviewed them they'll be like oh this team only has two people that's really hard to do yeah you know oh this team does a mono scene that oh my god like that's really hard yeah to do and whatnot but it, it you know it all works out yeah 
I think I think it's fun uh, on that real quick. I think it's funny that people think it's so hard to do two person improv, yeah. uh, but I think I honestly think it's harder to do eight people improv. Absolutely, particularly cage match. Yeah, they, there's so much going on, and it's a fast show mm-hmm. that you're like trying to wrangle and keep everything. Mm-hmm. That's so much harder than just like two people who have to focus. on Absolutely, like, and if you're going up shit. against a great team, which yeah. you always are, there's never been a bad champion. But it's yeah. like if you even that with an eight person team, there's always at some point a hesitation of like when you edit. A scene like who's going to start? There's always yeah. like it might just be a split second. Yeah, but it's like that split seconds the audience feels. Yeah, and with two people, there's just this element of like we just got to go, we got to go, we got to go, we got to yeah. go. It's yeah, <laughs> no break, you no. know. And with eight people, there's always some type of weird dynamic at some point. Yeah, the, the, those two person teams. Yeah, that there's it. There you can feel, you can kind of feel them. <sighs> I use this word wrong, but I, like being reckless almost, and that like yeah, there's no there's no chance, but there's no safety net here. So like we've got to throw into everything, and we have to follow everything so hard because nobody is going to help. Yep, uh, it's just me and this person, and that's yep. it. And like you have to you have to keep going, which yeah. I love that. Uh, but Six Martin was one of the. I, I'd have to double check my list, but I think you guys were the largest championship team I've ever had. Like, Yay! I, like I think. <laughs> I think the the ideal is two to four people yeah. for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I guess Shitty Jobs was pretty big. But Shitty I'm, Jobs was seven, I think. Yeah, and I think they might have averaged like six per week. They couldn't right. always make it. But, yeah, I think you guys might have been the biggest. Oh, my team. God. I want a plaque that says that. <laughs> uh, I'll just go get it made at a trophy shop for myself. Uh, um uh, I love it. Okay, well, wow, we've, we've actually been talking for quite a while. Let's wind down. Let's wind it All down. All right. Um, uh, what uh, so it's it, real quick uh it sounds like to me like your personal improv philosophy is very much on like uh having fun and staying simple is that right yeah i mean yeah that's pretty much it if you keep it simple you kind of go through it and I, there's always a huge debate about it uh you know game versus these other styles sure. and like you know i sort of have my own personal philosophy that is like i think everything is filtered through a game at some point and I, yeah. it's like if you talk to anybody else on their philosophy it's like we're all talking the same thing we're using different terminology yeah totally and and sometimes your mind you know i think it's like anything else it's like for me this really clicked in my head the game and keeping things simple yeah and once you have this simple element of finding something unusual and you just go and have fun with it that's also where like you have fun with it and your personality comes out of it like people always talk to me about ucb being very formulaic and i'm like well once you once you figure out these simple things that allow you and your other improviser to be on the same page yeah then your humor comes out that's when your sense of comedy comes out you gotta you gotta like it's it's this thing of it's like well weightlifting is and I'll I'll steal this from a weightlifting thing is like you get you get good at doing it right like mm-hmm. you get good at like making sure that your you know your elbow stays right near your hip mm-hmm. and like your line you get good at doing it right and on mm-hmm. track and it's not like that interesting but it's like once once you you're good at doing it right and this is doesn't quite the th- same thing but you use you then use those muscles to do something different and beautiful in your own mm-hmm. as opposed to just going like well I'm going to start and like just bring a hundred percent my thing to it and ho- have no structure and have no it's like no 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 start on this little rail yeah. use your training wheels understand this balance that you're trying to strike yeah and then and then you know get get better at it over time and then bring that 
that mm-hmm. uh, your specialness to it. Mm-hmm. Sounds, Absolutely, sounds very fruity. But and I that's love it. when you have the, your fun. You know, yeah. when you start bringing your stuff and the people you're performing with bring their sense of humor yeah. to it, and you're sort of making each other laugh and you're having a fun time. I can guarantee you, no matter what's you know whatever your philosophy is, if you're having fun, that audience. 99% of the time is going to be on board with you. It's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, I, and uh, I think only the only minor caveat to that is if, unless your fun is, I don't give a shit about this. Yeah. Because I've seen true. those people. Seen, I'm sure you have too, those shows where it's like these people are just like, there's five people on stage and they just don't give a shit and they yeah. fucking love that they don't care. And you're like, yeah, yeah. go to hell. Yeah, I have yeah. to watch this. You yeah. know? It's the worst. Uh, uh, you know, you know who you are. <laughs> uh, ad- addressing people directly, just like they like. Um, cool. Uh, well, let's uh, and then and then a classic segment on the show: pearls of wisdom, uh, note or advice or feedback that you got from somebody, or that may, maybe uh, a philosophy or mantra that you'd like to share with the world that you heard. Or um, you should, I, the, know, that you I probably have. will think of a million great ones okay. when I leave. But cool. I'll say this: this was a word of wisdom that I got from. Uh, Owen Burke about gameplay and gameplay and the other thing too like this goes into music it goes into everything you do once you learn game it falls into everything but the idea is that game is like a structure of a house and once you have the structure and the frame to your house you can go into any door any room open up a door to any room and that's where you play and explore and once you're done you can close that door but you're always going to have that frame and that's really the game of everything wait so wait the game is the house and the rooms are like beats is that the analogy Uh, or like that's exploring your scene okay that's and yeah it's, it's beats as well, you know, yeah, yeah, not. yeah. I like that, yeah, because yeah, what, uh, that's that's one of those things too that uh, that sometimes weirds me out about people who people who perceive UCB and game or whatever, and they'll go like, well, yeah, but we did all the things that we could do, or like it, you know, people will go like, well, there's no more that this scene could do, and you're mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. We had some, we were we're people interacting in a space uh, who have behaviors they'll last forever, they could right. go on forever, right? If, you're, if we're doing it right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't be afraid to yeah. explore and go into the basement. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> you have that frame, you, that frame is always going to be there. Yeah. You know, unless you decide to tear it down. But yeah. like, the frame is always going to be there. That's your game. And you can go and do all these things and you're always going to be right back in there. I love it. You know. I love it. That's really good. Uh, all right. Well, Harrison, I think that's it. Do you have anything that you want to plug or share with the um, entire world? Uh, cage match every Wednesday. Every Wednesday at 11 o'clock, uh, except for the last Wednesday of the month now. Exactly. And uh, the YouTube site where I have all the videos is youtube.com slash the cage match. match. You can subscribe good. to that. Um, and that's pretty much it. UCB com- or UCBcagematch.com uh, as a website where you can get the Tumblr and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. then TNTimprov.com. And that's about it. I love it. All right. Well, Harrison, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Woo. We did it. That was awesome. Yeah, man. I really enjoyed that. Amazing. I hope you enjoyed that. See Harrison Tuesday nights at Tuesday Night Thunder and Wednesdays at 11, hosting the cage match at UCBLA. A couple of quick plugs for me doing comedy. June 14th, 7 p.m., Brandon and Steven at the Neon Venus. Come out. Those shows have been a lot of fun. Uh, June 16th, 10 p.m., Dumb Shit Mountain, my sketch team, will be at iOS at 10 p.m. iOS. I already said that. 10 p.m. June 16th. Gonna do sketches. It's great. Uh, also, oh yeah, and we're also paired up uh, with uh, 
uh, Monster Party, and uh, those guys are fantastic. So you should uh, you should definitely check out that show. It's going to be crazy. Um, also, June sixteenth at eleven p.m., Sticks Martin will be doing the Wrangle at the Clubhouse. Uh, I don't know if I'm actually going to make it over because I have my sketch show, but Sticks Martin is so good, you should be there anywhere. Uh, I mean, who am I but a small piece of the amazingness that is Sticks Martin? Um, June twenty first, nine p.m., Sticks Martin at the Manifesto Show at the Clubhouse. Show starts at eight o'clock. Be there early to check it out. And last but not least, June 22nd, 9 p.m., Six Martin is going to be at Jackpot Improv. It's such a cool show over at the Underground Annex Theater. I hope to see you there. Come see my shows, please. Come review the show on iTunes, please. I'm asking a lot of things from you, please. But it's just because you guys are awesome. Uh, that's it. Golden Age of Improv. Happy improvising. Be excellent to each other. And I will hear you next week. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm Kimmy. And we're the hosts of Talk 30 Rock to Me. Do you crave cheese late at night? Do you have lots of thoughts on your mind grapes? Do you think a rape whistle can double as an accessory? Do you miss 30 Rock? We sure do. We miss it so much, we started a podcast about it. New episodes every Tuesday. Subscribe today.